1: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our story in a moment. But first, I want to talk about our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for all of your support. Your support through these years have kept us coming back, and we cannot afford to do this without you. Thanks to each and every one of you. Also, if you would like to become a Patreon member, head on over to patreon.com slash Ohio Mysteries. That's patreo ncom slash Ohio Mysteries and consider becoming a supporter for as little as a dollar. Another great way to help us is to share our podcast with your friends and family. Leave a fantastic review and that's all we ask. So let's throw another log on the fire campers. Let's dig up a new Ohio Mystery I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss, who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories for the Akron Beacon Journal.
0: Hi, everybody. Ohio is sprinkled with hamlets, 19th century crossroads that had promising beginnings. Maybe they hosted a train depot or a post office or perhaps a tavern and boarding house but the economic winds blew in another direction and left them behind. Most of them are ghost towns now, their names preserved by a handful of old-timers, local historians, and maybe a small roadside sign. One such hamlet in the Amish countryside of Holmes County is Sotillo, a once thriving stagecoach stop that dates to 1832. It's part of Mechanic Township at the intersection of County Roads 68 and 407. At its peak, it was known for its general store, a public house with food and lodging, and the Saltillo Buggy Shop. Today, its two biggest attractions are a township cemetery with a possessed statue and a county road less traveled known as Panther's Hollow. Let's get started with that graveyard. Salem Cemetery used to be attached to the Salem Reformed Church, which was organized in 1843. The congregation disbanded after World War I, and the church was torn down. But, of course, the cemetery remains the final resting place of many church members. And among them are George and Mary Conrad. They are very easy to find. George Conrad was a wealthy farmer and stock raiser, and a descendant of one of the county's earliest settlers. When his wife Mary died in 1890, hundreds of relatives, friends, and neighbors wept at the grave of the wife and mother, according to the Holmes County Republican. George marked her final home with the largest monument in the cemetery, a seven-foot pedestal topped by a five-foot angel. George joined her there after he died in 1907. The white marble angel is pretty imposing, even if it doesn't have a head. That head became a tug-of-war between the cemetery and local vandals. Back when the angel still had its noggin, there was a legend that anyone who met the angel's gaze, either at midnight or or during a full moon, depending on who is doing the telling, would soon die. As the story went, if there was a group looking at the angel, the statue would even turn its head to face the doomed individual, so there was no mistake. It became a rite of passage for local youngsters to take this dare. Now, a crack around the figure's neck made this idea even more eerie, though that crack came from repeated efforts by people to steal the head. It was taken, recovered, and repaired at least three times. Eventually, officials conceded they had lost the war and simply gave the head to the descendants of the grave owner. There's a plaque at the gravesite now showing what the angel originally looked like. It's surprisingly not scary, but rather beautiful. But as it looks today, it's pretty menacing. Not only is the angel headless, its hands and wings have been smashed and its arms have blackened over the century. To deter vandals, trustees cut back vegetation and trees around the gravesite that had been providing some concealment. And they installed security lights to light the whole thing up. Trustees say it helped, and the vandalism slowed down. Now, I don't know if these security measures are still in place, but if they are, well, I'm thinking, having a ravaged and headless marble angel glowing in the dark would do little to soften its reputation. As a matter of fact, believers say the head isn't necessary at all. They say if you stare at the statue at the appointed time, her head will materialize long enough to catch your gaze and start the clock ticking on your now-shortened life. Crazily, this legend arguably proved to be true. In 2007, the Daily Record interviewed Lester Yoder, a mechanic township trustee, who said that one year, local police investigating a fatal accident opened the car trunk and found the head of the angel inside. Turns out, the accident victim who died had stolen the head that very night. Mr. Yoder didn't say when this happened and I couldn't find a new story on it. But we have no reason not to believe him. Trustee Yoder said he had lived his entire life in the area and acknowledged that he had been called on more than once to chase away people who wanted to see the cemetery's paranormal activity for themselves. There has been some crazy stuff go on up there, he said, or so I've heard, there are quite a few different stories. Now, Mr. Yoder said while he hadn't experienced anything paranormal at the cemetery himself, he did admit the legend had him on edge one night. Yoder had received a call about shenanigans at the cemetery and went out to respond. The county sheriff's office was already there and had things in hand, but some of the kids got away. So Yoder decided he'd wait a while and come back just in case those kids returned. Later, he drove through the cemetery, his headlights piercing through patches of fog. Near the angel, he stepped outside his car to have a look. Nobody was there, but suddenly he heard a scream piercing the darkness. Then a second scream. It sure scared me, Yoder said. Later, he learned that someone in the area... Had just adopted a peacock, and the strange pet was capable of those high pitched wails. Now, Salem Cemetery is located off Township Road 110. It's open dawn to dusk. Just be respectful if you go. And just in case, maybe avoid the place on the night of a full moon. Now, in the same neighborhood as Salem Cemetery, is a spot that locals call Panther's Hollow. It's along County Road 407. An outsider would simply see small farms on a rolling wooded countryside. But those in the know say there is a place where you can turn off into the hollow. The entrance is marked by the back of a stop sign, partially hidden by brush, and overgrowth that makes the opening look almost cave-like. When you turn into it, you find yourself on a dirt and gravel township road that descends into a stretch that is made dark by a canopy of trees. Some sources say this was actually the very first road built in Mechanic Township. Now, there's an interesting story behind the name Panther's Hollow. In July of 1953, local people were reporting sightings of a large panther crossing the road in Saltillo. One witness was a man named Bert GAQ. I could totally be messing up that name. Bert said he'd been taking a lot of ribbing from friends, but stood by his assertion that a large beast walked across the road and into a thicket less than 100 feet from where he was doing farm work. He described the animal as six feet long, 20 inches high, and black as the ace of spades with smooth, glistening fur. It disturbed him enough that he said he was now carrying a gun to work. Other locals backed him up, saying they saw the same thing prowling the area. They included Cora Miller, Mr. and Mrs. Mose Miller, and the Peter Erb family. It caused quite a sensation, and over the next several weeks, a lot of out-of-towners made their way to Holmes County, hoping to catch a glimpse of it. Now, this very real story has become twisted over the years, growing into a tale of how a pair of panthers escaped a traveling circus and killed some local people. News reports at the time of the Panther sighting specifically looked into that and said no circuses had been in the area. But really, the actual sighting needed no embellishment. It was fascinating enough. Now, in the decades that have followed, Panthers Hollow has been associated with everything from spiritual energy to a ghoulish history. One tale, often told, is that a woman once lived in a log cabin alongside the road here. Unfortunately, her reclusive ways had settlers believing she was a witch. They killed her, but not before she cursed the area. Another story, ghost hunters repeat, is that a Civil War soldier was hung from a tree there. It's not clear if he was the victim of murder or suicide, but his body was reportedly cut down and buried beneath one of the large roadside boulders. People have reported seeing a ghostly figure swinging from a limb, and presume it's him. Now, personally, I doubt the witch and the soldier stories have any basis in fact. But, hey, that panther sighting may have been the real deal. I mean, these families lived in rural Ohio. They would know what bears and bobcats look like. I doubt so many would have failed to recognize wildlife that was familiar to the area.
1: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, or more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, share our podcast everywhere. We are currently trying to reach our goal of being the number one podcast on KillerPodcasts.com, which we currently hold the second most listened podcast there. I know you can help us get there. The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The SIECLA, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The SIECLE, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.